When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Glory, glory, Hello and welcome to uh, a very special edition of the Spurs Show. Um, we're actually going to record two shows this evening with three wonderful guests, and I thought I'd eke as much out of all of them as possible. Uh, firstly, uh, making his debut tonight, a man who's, well, the man worked at Tottenham Hotspur for well over 30 years. Uh, please welcome Mr. Mike Rollo. Hi. Thank you so much, Mike. It's lovely. I know you just retired from the club. We've now been allowed to have you on, and it's, it's a joy to have you. Lovely no, to have you It's a pleasure here. to be here. Thank a, you. A pleasure. And returning, the author, and we'll be talking about his new book in the next show, all about the original king of White Hart Lane, Alan Gilzean, Mike Donovan returns. Hi, Mike, and thanks for having me back. Uh, absolute pleasure. And also returning, well, these normally are more sort of rowdy <laughs> live shows, the journalist and also author... Martin Lipton returns. Hello, I just th- think of this as like that Bruce's sketch, isn't it? With three mics and a Martin. So I, shall I be a mic as yeah, well? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, la- or laptop. It's a good idea. <laughs> right, so, um, yeah, so we're going to look back at, at Mike's uh, wonderful time uh, at the club in this particular show. Uh, then in the other show, we will uh, be discussing the life and career of Alan Gilzean. And don't worry, we will be looking at the present team Uh, Obviously, no games to talk about last week because the international break, but we will be looking forward to the huge game. Every every game is huge, but particularly at this moment in time at the club, the big game at home to Watford as well. So, lots to discuss. Uh, So, Mike, obviously, you've just left Tottenham Hotspur. Now, before you joined joined the club working behind the scenes in '83. You were a Spurs fan before, weren't you? Oh, absolutely, right from a... Uh, so this was, like, was this like the ideal job? <laughs> well, I mean, I've quoted it many times, but it was a job of love and it continues to be so. But, I mean, it was my dream to be a player, but I soon found out at about right. 11 years old that that was never going to be. So uh, this was the next best thing, and it certainly was. Yeah. So what was the... So 
growing up, what, what, what Spurs team you, is your first memory of, of, of going to see? Well, I, I, I actually, my, my father, my dad, he, he actually supported Newcastle. He was, okay. uh, so, so, in fact, in those early days, because he, he would always want to go to the London games where Newcastle were playing. Right. So, dare I say it, I probably saw one or two Arsenal games right. uh, and okay. Chelsea games because they were on the tube line, so my right. dad could take us up. We lived in North London okay. in Stanmore. We okay. used to go use that. Yeah. But then it was about when I was 11, 12 time, 12, where, where I, I was entrusted to make my way across uh, North London mm. and walk from Manor House. And I got to know that route very well from Manor House to mm. White Hart Lane, very much so. Uh, I think I vaguely remember going to see Spurs games with my dad. Uh, but, I mean, as I say, I think that was my most... I remember we played Birmingham City. What kind of year do you think this might have been? I believe it was something around about the uh, 63, 64 time. Okay, oh, oh, okay. so it yeah. was the, the, the effectively still the great double team, uh, yeah. plus Jimmy Greaves. So. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Well, yeah. amazing. I mean, uh, I, you know, again, uh, uh, you have memories about this, and, you know, my... I've pl- got these plans for this book, so I've, I've got a little bit more of a memory on it because yeah. I've looked up things on it. And uh, that game, uh, but I do remember, I didn't realise it was actually that particular day until I actually recalled it. But Jimmy Greaves played. Mm. Uh, he was my idol, you know, like, like all Spurs fans at that time. He was plastered all over my bedroom wall and pictures <laughs> and so on and so forth. And so um, he actually scored two goals in that uh, first half of that game. Uh, and so uh, I was sat on the benches just behind the, uh, where are we, the South Stand goal, because uh, they used to sort of lift you down and they used to place mm. you down on the on the benches. And I ran onto the pitch, which I shouldn't have. Oh, really? Have oh, wow. Half time. I, know, I, know, be Nick now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. Bad for life. I know, I'm sorry. Don't I'll, tell Daniel that. I know, exactly, exactly. I mean... I mean, I, 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 Alex is retired. I only yeah. got as far as because he was actually obviously in, in that half bay close right. to the goal line when the whistle went for half time, and of course all he did was rough on my hair and said "later, son." Oh, I asked right. him for his autograph, and there was this kindly sort of policeman who, like nowadays, you'd yeah. probably be shuffled off yeah. and marched out of the stadium. Yeah, took me back to my seat and wow. said, "Look, son, you better stay there now." And, and of course, like any school teacher, when he yeah, looked yeah, like yeah. to me, I stayed there. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, Mark, when did you start going? What was your first memory? First of First game I remember was 70, October 72. Right, okay. 4-3 win against Stoke. That was, I, I tweeted that, those goals only this week, uh-huh. which I found on YouTube. I found them. I was amazed. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever see the goals again. Yeah, it was on just, YouTube. I put it on and this I week. And I did manage to find, <laughs> dig them out, which was fantastic. Yeah. John Fats. Bizarre goal. game. Pratt scored two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and dad, my dad took when we stood on the shelf. A rare event. Yeah. <laughs> stood on the shelf to the left, to, to the right of the halfway line. Um, so opposite the, the main stand it yeah. was. And, um, yeah, and of course, before, in the old day, the, the old main stand as opposed to the one that yes, was there. The old, the, wooden, yeah. the old wooden stand. The smell of Henry Winterman cigars, I remember. The smell of sheep, <laughs> sheepskin coats. That was my <laughs> earliest memories. And Mike, when, 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 did, when was your first game? You well, this, this, this dates me, actually. It was uh, November 1961. Okay. Uh, played Leicester. They'd just won the double a few months earlier. Right. And they, and they won and lost 2-1. Really? Um, which yeah. is a big disappointment. It was about eight, eight or nine of the double team in it. Um, right. Sort of game that cost them the league the following year, wasn't it? Because they should have won, the, they finished third, third. to it. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that year they should have done a double-double because uh, it was Ipswich, um, yeah, right. came from nowhere. Ramsey, uh, they were, you know, just a, you know, yeah. it's a very small team. Was, was yeah. And uh, they, son, and Spurs, I was, I was living in Tottenham at the time. And, right. uh 
it was school night and I wasn't allowed to go to the game and it's a midweek game against Ipswich and uh, I walked round the back of the Park Lane stand and, and heard all the roars and all mm. the roars and, and, they, they, and Spurs lost it. Yeah. And I think you're right, Martin, that, that kind of, that, that loss cost them, cost, really in the long run, cost, cost them a double-double because yeah. that team... He got a side red. He got his tactics wrong against Ipswich twice. But in the charity shield, I think we thumped them five nil, five. Yeah, they, cha- they changed the, the charity shield. They couldn't get to grips with the deep lying wingers yeah. that, that Ipswich had, and yeah. uh, it was, and it threw them. But they they learnt the lesson, and but only in the charity shield, which mm. you know that's they right. were managed by that, Alfred, right. of course. That's right, yeah, uh, old Spurs player. So, so Mike, so how did you then? What were you doing work wise? before you heard there was potentially a job going at Tottenham? Well, Mike, I wanted to be uh, like, like Martin over there. I wanted to be a journalist. Right. Uh, you know, and, so uh, do I. Yeah. <laughs> and one uh, day I might make it. Uh, <laughs> as, um, and as Martin would probably say to me, I did it all wrong because I started what I, in Fleet Street when I should have I'd be maybe gone into the provincial papers. So right. I started off at the Evening News as a messenger right. boy in the sports department. The Evening the... News for, for younger listeners was there was the Evening Standard yes, and the Evening News. <laughs> right. There yeah, was two was. that used to come out. Yeah, Victor yeah. Ralton was a football writer. Right, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, I've been nice to go with Victor out and as a messenger boy to the old Wembley and, right. and, and in the old press box which was high above you know the the, 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 uh, the seats there mm. but no I mean uh, as, as it turned out um, I, I really got the feel of newspapers and so it wasn't too long mm. without going into long long stories I'll just give the end result and that was that I actually in the end um, uh, did a sort of a transfer if you like to the advertising department right. because I, in fact, it paid a little bit better, to be yeah. honest with you. As, you know, as a seventeen-year-old, and so, uh, so I then developed what I didn't realise at the time, but as uh, actually, I, I had a bit of a patter on the right. phone in terms of selling advertising, mm-hmm. and in that, that actually led to me going off into a career in as selling advertising mm-hmm. space. Ended up at the Hendon Times, right. okay. uh, you know, where I, I did, I lived not far from there okay. in the Stanmore Edgware area. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of all places, I moved down to Devon, mainly right. because my parents had moved down there. Right. They left me. I never left them. They'd right. gone to Devon. Yeah. Uh, my Trying dad, to get away from you. Yes. <laughs> my, my, my dad worked for Wrigley's Chewing Gum, of all you places. Right. And uh, they, they moved from Wembley anyway. It's a long story. But anyway, they were, they, were, they were down there, so I went and joined them for a little while. And then I became marketing manager at the age, I think it was about 23, of this group of newspapers. Great time. But, of course, I, I miss my spurs. And yeah. so that started at a time when I was going up every other weekend with a, a one or two other Devonian people, mm. Devon people, who I converted into being Spurs supporters. And I used to go to Spurs matches regularly mm. every season. Until, all of a sudden, that magic day came for me in 83, in the summer of that year, where there was an advert in the Daily Mail. So you just happened to see the advert, or did someone say... Mike, there's, no. there's, there's an ad I've seen you, you'd be great no, for this. No, I mean, it's all about being in the right place at the right time. I mean, my loyalty to associate newspapers or Northcliffe newspapers, whatever they're called, or whatever nowadays, with the evening news, uh, the Daily Mail, was I still actually used to purchase right. it. And uh, there it was on the inside pages, and it was in July 83, a little advert saying uh, Tottenham Hotspur require um, promotions manager right. to launch their own newspaper. Of course, oh. when I saw newspaper, I thought, oh, wow. I see. 
And so I. This was the day when they used to advertise for new managers in the Daily Mail. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> There's now a, you know, a, yeah. a, a, a opening for manager Tottenham Hotspur. Please apply. Like, anyone could apply, couldn't they? Right. Just yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. still ended up with Terry Neal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this was 83. So, because I was thinking about on the way here. We'd obviously gone, obviously we won the 81 Cup final, but I hadn't won anything since 73. So for Tottenham, eight years was a long time. But you obviously arrived at a great team, at a great time, because we'd obviously, 83, we'd already won the FA Cup twice. Yeah. Birkenshaw was there. Scholar, when does Scholar arrive? Scholar arrived just before I started, actually. Although right. he actually got enough shares to actually purchase the club right. uh, through the shares, but it's in '82. But it, but it was like eight, uh, it was like the it was actually after the FA Cup win in '82, the right. second win uh, that he acquired control. Yeah. And uh, indeed, I suppose. I mean, yes, I, I'm probably quite correct in saying this is that uh, the, the the start of commercialism in football yeah, uh, for Tottenham anyway yeah. started really at that time because he decided as you know to turn the club into a PLC right. when I say it was him it was actually a joint effort with Paul Bobroff who was mm-hmm. the who was a fellow fellow director and in fact in, in the end became chairman of the PLC mm. but um, yeah so anyway so I, I didn't know these guys at all I mean I mm. was interviewed by the then commercial manager Mike Lewis uh, back in uh, July of that, ti- of, that, mm-hmm. of that time in 83. And indeed, as I say, when I, when I joined, there was, uh, uh, after being successful in getting the job, uh, it was during the time I was working my notice in Devon and moving up that all of a sudden I was hearing about the club had gone public you know, mm-hmm. with their, their quotation on the stock exchange. Look, I remember the TV advert. Mm. Yeah, join, Mrs., join the um, team and join the club. Yeah, Mrs. Riddington. Mrs. Riddington. Mrs. Riddington, well done. Yeah. Yes, well, yeah. yes. Gosh, yeah. Kind of won it. Uh, and I, I actually missed her, actually. Oh, really? um, <laughs> she, she did support Spurs. Oh, she really? was uh, uh, somebody who was acquired by the, uh, I, think, I think the producer of the adverts who thought she was Sarchi had, right. had, had, had his aunt. Right. Uh, and and uh, she became Mrs. Riddington. Anyway, mm. and stuff. So, so, yeah, so when I joined, it, it was really on the crest of a way where yeah. off the field, uh, all these things were happening. Mm. And um, but of course, as you say, on the pitch, uh, we, we we just qualified for the UEFA Cup uh, yeah. in the last game of the season of the preseason season, and we were now in the UEFA Cup mm. after being in the Cup Winners' Cup the previous year, mm. as you know. So the first, I mean, again, from my memory, knowing the not a huge amount about the commercial side, but the first thing that I'm sure most Spurs fans will remember that obviously you brought on board, and, and tell me if this was the first deal ever done in football at that time, Holston. Having their names on on the Lily White shirt was well, yes. still, I mean, still one of the greatest. It's a Man United shirts. home game, away game on a Friday night, wasn't absolutely. It? Yeah, well, I, I mean, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. No, no. it was at the start of that season where they no. started showing live matches. Yeah, Friday night, and they, I think they lost four two. But I remember, what's this? They yeah, got an advert on the shirt. So how did well, that come about? <laughs> was it something like you were? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did it come about? Well, what happened was that it was pure. You know, my. I mean, I. I I only started on that Monday, the 31st of October, so it was 1st of November the next day. I think it was that evening that, uh, that uh, Tottenham played Feyenoord final right. in the, in the, uh, the second, second leg. Well, no, that was the second leg. Oh, sorry, right, we, we, sorry. we were already leading 4-2, right. and of course it was a formality. We, yeah. we, we won, I think it was 2-0. 2-0 away. And so, and so uh, you know, the following Friday there would have been a draw right. for the UEFA Cup, paired us with Bayern Munich. 
So on, I, I think it was the, the following Monday that Mike Lewis called me into his office. Now, I'd, I'd acquired a responsibility which I knew little about, though, though of course he knew that I was a salesman in terms of, of, of what I did back in newspapers. And so he said, look, we have to match sponsorships. Right. So we get a company that sponsors a game and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they have so many seats and they have mm-hmm. uh, dinner or lunch, whatever, depending on the kickoff time, advertising boards around the ground, blah, blah, blah. And he gives, he says, it's £5,000 plus VAT. Right. Now, that was a lot of money, mm. and it still is a lot of money, mm. but, I mean, obviously, uh, it was, it was uh, obviously, those days, that was the rate. So I obviously was given the job of uh, trying to find a sponsor. I'd already actually been doing some bits of sponsorship in those first week or two, but would you believe it? It was actually only about my second week that I actually um, started to think about who I could uh, contact. And mm. being a German team... I thought about all these German brands like Volkswagen, right. uh, BMW, Braun Electrics. So you were going out for the game, were you? Were going, you were going no, out? no, this is the home oh, game. The, this the, home the, game. the home game. The home right. game. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, this right. is all I had to do was sell sponsorships, right. uh, match sponsorships. Right. You know, not not on the shirt, but match yeah, sponsorships. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as I say, this I don't want to prolong the, the story too long, but just to come to the, the cusp of it, I was getting nowhere, and then I think it was in the week commencing about. Sort of the 7th of November, which I think was only a, a week or so just after I started. Uh, I was a single man at that time. So uh, I say that only because I popped into the pub. Mm. Uh, and I went into the White Hart. Because uh, my office actually was on the high road along... you know remember where there was those Neptune fish and chip shops? Neptune, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. just along from there, there used to be the promotions office, which, right. of course, being promotions manager yeah. occupied, where the lottery was organised and so on and so forth. And so I was locking up and uh, so on and so forth and uh, going to the car park. But before I went to the car park of the West End to collect my car, I thought I'd just have a pop and have a half a mm. beer or something. So I, w- I went in and, uh, you know, you know, I said, well, can, you, can you sort of sit to the barman, could you advise on, you know, a drink? And he said, well, what about this one? And he picked that. It's just absolutely true, obviously. <laughs> It was a bottle of Holston. Yeah, Holston pills. And of course, a good I, drink. Yeah, it's exactly. Nice drink. And, I, and it was I Holston pills. It and I could see it was, it was like, uh, like German yeah. sort, of, uh, uh, sort, of, sort of writing. Yeah, typography. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, in those days, you looked at it and it had 30 to 34 New Bridge Street EC4 oh, on the okay. label. So there I get my pen out. Of course, right. this is before. Uh, you know, uh, internets and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, so all yeah. I did was the next morning, I rang up directory inquiries, was wow. it 192? That's right. Uh, and uh, they <laughs> gave me the phone number. And, and so rang them up, made the appointment to go and see them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I got the, uh, the, the deal. And uh, so that was the sponsorship. Now, fast forward, mm. uh, um, the, uh, in fact, I don't mind, I suppose it doesn't matter if we mention this now, but... Uh, Holston uh, weren't the first club, that, uh, sorry, the first uh, brand that, that the club had uh, tried to get to be the sponsor. In, and uh, Mike Lewis, the commercial yeah. manager, called me into his office on this particular morning and said to me, Mike, we need to find a shirt sponsor. Shirt sponsor, I say, mm. club sponsor, to have the name on the shirts. Look at this. He brought up this shirt, and it was the Spurs shirt with TSB on it. Right. He said, I've tried to get these company, mm. but they've, they've refused. It's, no. They've turned us down. Now, we have just found out that we're playing uh, Manchester United on Friday the so, 16th well, of December, memory, live on, on, on BBC. We mm. actually were the first ever club to be on 
Notts Forest. Yeah, Notts Forest on ITV. But the BBC was just mm. catching up and, mm. and they decided to have this game on the Friday the 16th of December where we were playing on Bayern Munich on the 7th of December at home. Mm. So I, he said, who do you think you can get? And all I thought of, I said, well, my only sponsor yeah. I've actually sold <laughs> so far yeah. is Holstein. So can it be there a few days? <laughs> Give me yeah. a chance. Yeah. He said, well, we'll try them. Yeah. So there I go, and I phoned up Margaret Middleton, who's the secretary. I was yeah. we, we, became, we, we became great friends right. uh, after for her, her and her husband. And she um, she made an appointment to be to go and see Alan Bridget, the the actual uh, managing director of Holston. He wasn't going to the game that night yeah. for some reason. He was a Yorkshireman, great one of those people. If there's ever there was a, a man that changes your life, your mentor was that was him. Because I went yeah. along to the office. I got the train down to Blackfriars, went into the office, and all I remember tearing off the front page because it said TSB and Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I, I kind of like to say all this. Now, Mike had already advised me about something which I could do as a bit of a deal because it was a bit of a short notice mm. deal here. It was yeah. the 7th of December, and we wanted yeah, it to yeah, be on yeah. the shirts <laughs> on the 16th. Yeah, yeah. So as I got to the bullet point, and blah, 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 and, and this guy, you know, Alan Bridget's a wonderful man. He was in his, by then, he was probably in his 50s, grey-haired, swept back with his half-rimmed glasses. And he said, um, right, OK, well, I am interested. He said, but look, my, um, I haven't got a board meeting until next, next week on Thursday the 15th of December. There's no way that, we, you know, I can get you a decision on becoming the main sponsor of Tottenham Hotspur for the fee that you're yeah. asking. But... In my head, I knew that Mike Lewis had said, look, Mike, we really, it, it, we don't know how, if we're going to be on TV live again this season. This mm. was like, wasn't before the Skies and the BT yeah, Sports. Yeah, yeah. And as it turned out, of course, we were going to be live on playing Anderlecht mm. in the final, but I didn't, yeah. no one knew this at the time. So he told me that I could offer a, a special price right. just for that one match. Right. And then the idea was that they would pay the balance right. you know, if they were agreed at their board meeting. So I said the figure, and I don't mind saying it, it was £20,000. £20,000 to be the... And, uh, you know, that was the figure. You rented box for that for a match, couldn't you? I didn't did, did pull the figure yeah. out of the top of my head. That was what I'd been right. told. I mean, you know. And then, of course, the idea was that, that he would pay the balance subject to the... Mm. Anyway, that magic moment, he just uh, took his half-bin glasses <laughs> and stood up and he says, young man, you've got yourself a deal. Wow. And I thought, Wow. That was it. So I, I, I go back downstairs. My knees are wobbling. Yeah. It's just like uh, or trem- trembling like Aussie, I suppose. And uh, I, well, in fact, I got a cab back. I, yeah. I just couldn't get on the train. Yeah, and what I, the I, hell? And yeah. I went into a, I went into this a phone. I went into a phone box first, and I phoned up Mike yeah. and told him. And he said, "Look, have you got anything like you know confirmation yeah. from them? I mean, I'm not saying we don't believe you, Mike, but you've just pulled off this deal." Yeah. So what I had to do then, I had to go back into reception, ask for Margaret, who, who yeah, had yeah. everything, and she by this time had heard what had happened. Mm. I said, look, Margaret, would you mind sending me something? Mm. Now, of course, in those days, there was no emails. Or, <laughs> yeah. So they sent a telex. Telex, I was about to say, it's a telex. <laughs> a telex. <laughs> and it was like a tri- well, or triple or, or quadruple <laughs> copies <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> of course, that was sent to the office, to the telex number, because that one had a letterhead, and it used to be uh, like a telex number. Yeah. Anyway, got back, and, of course, wow, and it all started. There was a chap called John Metzler who was the... Uh, he worked for uh, Kilburn Sports, who Mike uh, Lewis got me to get in touch with because we had to get the shirt done very quickly. Mm. He provided the kit 
for the players via mm-hmm. Admiral, right. which were the, the shirt providers. But he used to put the, 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 uh, the badge right. on. And, of course, I, I'm only saying this now because it, last year I had lots of conversations with the guys that brought out that fantastic Spurs book. Spurs shirt. Yeah. So that's in the book, really, because right, they yeah. asked me about this. That's why I've got such a fresh memory on it. And so it ended up by me driving this guy mad. You know, he was, he was giving me the proofs of the Holston. I had to go back to Holston, mm. show it to them. And, and in those days, TV advertising on the shirt was, had to be a certain mm. size, okay. uh, 16 square inches, as I recall. That's right. what the size had to be for TV. And I think it was 32, bigger, right. for the non-TV. Okay. So as we were on TV, it was 16 square inches. Anyway... Shall I go on? No, I'm fascinated. So there it was. And uh, when indeed I got the proof and it was all okay by Holston and go, it was going to be Holston pills. That's right, the okay. Couldn't fit pills. <laughs> but, but, right. but they thought, no, 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 because they wanted want to maximise the name. Right. So it became Holston. Mm. And um, I then got the first delivery of the shirts. Uh, they, they, they arrived, um, which again I took to Chesson. Mm-hmm. And would you believe it? I took them on Thursday afternoon, the day before, to uh, to the training ground at Chesson, and uh, dear old Johnny Wallace mm-hmm. was uh, yeah. was on the. Uh, I do apologise. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, and he was. Uh, that, that's not. Uh, that's not anybody from Holston now. Uh, yeah. So so Johnny mm. was. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've spoken about him. Well, he's, he's come up a few times, Jolly Wallace. Uh, he was, he was always a character he was on, such on, the, a character uh, on the, dug, the dugout. And the players will, will tell you about it. I mean, he is, he is someone who is, uh, who is remembered as being quite a toughie. Right. You know, he used to drive, like, he used to get the players to do all sorts of things for him, you know, and Glenn Hoddles would have to go and paint the, the cockerel, the, yeah. or the gold cockerel up on the East End roof and all yeah. sorts of things. Anyway, uh, so he took an instant dislike to me, probably, right. because he saw this commercial guy, who, yeah. you know, who thinks he think he is, yeah, he's yeah, changed yeah. our shirts yeah, and yeah, sort yeah. of Anyway, so <laughs> he hatched a plan, which I had no idea about, but, uh, of course... On the morning of the game, I, I went to Cheston as they were getting on the coach and they were driving up to Manchester. And, of course, I just checked on every shot. I said, yeah, you OK? There you got the rest of Mike, just leave me alone. It's all OK. It's in the baskets. As he was driving up, he was with Peter Shrew, the assistant manager, must have hatched a plan. When we were at Manchester that night, I'm, I'm in uh, tot, uh, with the Tottenham directors and, and it was a marvellous thing for me because I'd never been to Old Trafford, you know, and uh, there I was in that sort of company and then I get told look Mike Rollo from, from Peter Day who was the club secretary and I thought yes I'm, yeah he says they want you down in the dressing room and I thought no why so I've got the MD of Holster with me and everything go down there and uh, Keith Birkenshaw's in the dressing room and he says can you sort this out so Johnny Wally says you're a you know <laughs> whatever yeah. he says look what you've done so you know, all the players around I could see you know there was all the the Holstons on the shirt, Steve Perriman, Ozzy Ardenas and everything. And then, of course, Ali Dick, who was the number yes. 11, on purpose, because I think it was the last shirt, you know, of the, of the Dutch, didn't have a Holston on his shirt. I just thought I wanted the floor to open up and swallow me, you know. So I, I thought, well, gosh, I mean, it's an error, you know. So fortunately, I, I remembered I had a piece of handkerchief, or there was a bit of material anyway in my pocket, which had the original proof on it of right. Holston. So I had him lying down on the physio <laughs> table 
and and I and I asked uh, you know the, 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 the Johnny if I could have some tape and you know and so and I, and I always remember I mean, obviously when I said the players knew that they were in on it yeah and Ozzy Ardenis came Ozzy Ardenis came over and with, with pins and he was helping I help you I help you yeah. and they were pinning us and when he stood up it looked awful he was just hanging down <laughs> oh you know my on this God. so I thought well that'll have to do you know wow. so I go upstairs and I'm telling the MD look I'm sorry but I know it's a bit of a rush but it looks as if but you know and he goes uh, he says uh, listen Mike he says if we go outside there he says because he'd already been tipped off they pulled your leg Mike you know? oh. so there it was as they came oh, out John Watson was doing the commentary and yeah. here come the Spurs players wave to the fans and there was Addy Dick <laughs> wearing the, the shirt so that, that was my introduction yeah. that's a baptism of fire yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my first grey hair started that night. Yeah. <laughs> but with this sort of start of sort of commercialism in football, especially with Tottenham, not you know, you mentioned you know you'd be match day sponsors and do the dinner and stuff. This presumably was the first time when, as part of these deals, a player would have to come after the game, say a few words. You know, obviously now with the great Paul Coy, it happens in various lounges of the new stadium now but then this must have been the first time when you must have had companies going well can we meet him after okay we can make that part of it this must have been the beginning of saying to players can you say a few words and what 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 got to do what and well, they weren't media savvy then is what i'm trying no, to say no i mean i mean for me uh you know uh, not long after that of course it all seemed to happen i mean um, uh, mike lewis left uh, and uh, there we were, um, myself, still promotions manager, but running the commercial office. Uh, right. Uh, and um, we only had, there was myself, uh, a lady called Denise, and, and, and my secretary, Jackie, which I'd inherited from, uh, from Mike Lewis. And, oh, it's like talk about, you know, virginal territory. And, in fact, those days, yes, I did. I, I started to uh, use microphones and mm. interview uh, players because when they came up, because the man of the match and so on and mm. so on. My first ever man of the match of a game which I had in, was in, involved in was Norwich City. I think it was a, a replay in the FA Cup. Right. Um, after beating Fulham in the third round of the okay. FA Cup in 83 84. That was when Robert's went in goal in the Fulham game. Yes. I've got that. Yes, that was on match right. that I've got that's the right. highlights on TV. It was 1 0, I think it was. Anyway, so. Yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, I made a sort of like a go at that and uh, so on. And yeah, we went, we got through it. But players were. Um, yeah, they were they were very uh, okay to do it. Particularly, mm. you know, the players who were in the internationals, who were internationals yeah. who, who would do it, who who would actually be happy to. Oh, so I'm just talking here about the Bill Nicholson Suite, which is mm-hmm. the sponsors' lounge, and that was where a lot of those sort of interviews would take place. Of course, they did their own thing with the the, the journalists and everything in the tunnel. Mm. But they, yeah, yeah. Well, let's um, we've got loads to cover. Yes, outside. Let's have a very quick break. Hi, it's Garth Crooks here. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you at the Spurs Show Christmas Party on December the 2nd at the 100 Club, alongside my old striking partner, Steve Archibald. I suppose I'll be doing all the work again. see Crooks and Archibald in their first Central London appearance together since hanging up their Spurs boots 35 years ago. Spurs Show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry, with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net. No one does Christmas like the Spurs Show, except perhaps Bing Crosby and Jesus. 
Get your tickets at live.spurshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs shows at season.spurshow.net. And we're back after the break. This is it's a magic break. There we are, a magic break. A very, very quickly, just to remind everyone out there, uh, you can now still get the Spurs Show season ticket, getting to all our uh, monthly events for just £10 a month for two tickets. Uh, we've got coming up October 29th, David Tassell talking about his brand new book about Jimmy Greaves. November the 6th, we are out, we're moving out of central London with the Beehive Pub N17 before the Red Star game with Graham Roberts. And then our big Christmas show, December the 2nd at the 100 Club, Garth Crooks and Steve Archibald joining us. Uh, to get your season ticket, go to season.spurshow.net. Or if you just want to come to the Christmas show, get them now, live.spurshow.net. And if you enjoy the Spurs show, you can get additional premium every single day, uh, including new show, match reports, interviews with ex-players. Uh, sign up for a month, give it a go. Go to patreon.com slash show. One other thing I want to ask you, because I have memory again at the same time. Again, this must have been oh, probably the 0898 numbers. Spurs Club Call. We had to <laughs> phone up. And I, met, I think originally it might have been Motson, because I met Motson, was doing it. Then you were doing them as well. You used to phone up, and it cost a fortune. And you'd very clever. They used to talk very slowly. <laughs> and you'd be going, for God's sake, just want to know the team news is. Get on with it. Get on with it. No, I mean, How did that come about? Well, what happened, again, uh, always the story. Uh, actually, Motti came on afterwards. I actually started. Oh, you started? But, uh, I yeah, yeah, remember yeah. who started. But, 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 I mean, I think the thing was Club Call was an entity in its own. And they went around <laughs> right. to every club, uh, and they were trying to sign up all these clubs. They came to Spurs. Yeah. And of course, you know, by this time I was trying to uh, gather as much commercial acumen as possible. And, and of course, when they said to me that um, we would get 10% of the call, right. um, I said, well, what happens to the other 90%? And so they, I, I drew a circle and they, they sort of made out that, well, BT would take yeah. 50%. So I said, so you get the 40%. So I, I went away and fortunately BT... Uh, had a box at Spurs, and they were based at Crouch End, and there was right. a man called Ron Flood, all these names I right. can remember. Again, you talk about people who are in your life that change things and mm. so on and so forth. Um, he championed this cause. He battled the, 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 big, the big guys at BT, and he got us our own line right. on, on 0898. And, of course, we could choose these various numbers, and we chose 100-500. And uh, anyway, that's when Spurs line... I, I made a, a point of not calling it any club call. or anything. Right. I can understand why yourself and other people would actually yeah. say it, but it was actually like club call, but right. it was our own. Yeah. But the beauty of it all was, was that we were able to change the programme as many times as we liked in, in the daytime. We would generally keep it to once a day. Yeah. But yes, of course, uh, it was, you know, it was a few pence, uh, was it 80 pence? Uh, I can't, I can't minute, remember. So I, can't, I, can't I mean, remember. that was your, apart from getting the, the standard of the evening news, that was your kind of day, but that was your only club news from the club. Yeah, I mean, you've got to remember those days, it was before, uh, you know, the internet, mm. it was before Sky and, and Talk Sport, there was no sports-related uh, mm. radio programmes. You had, obviously, the, the media, the newspapers, and so on. But if, for instant news... I mean, so Irving Scholar, he was the man who 
said to me, no, it'll never happen. Then, of course, he listened to his first, the first week and, he, and, and, he, and he, of course, he just loved it. And mm. he used to say to me, come on, yes. I, he used to give me ideas. He, he was mm. a... People who knew Irving and know Irving, because he's obviously still around, but uh, he was actually quite a commercial-orientated chairman. Oof, not many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, you know, there's many stories about Irving, but I, I must say I got on with him famously, and I suppose I did well under him, for him, because obviously I was providing yes. this. Anyway, so what happened was that um, uh, eventually we were getting to a situation where it was actually bringing in a substantial amount of calls and with the income, of course, but at the same time it was entertaining, and I think that I only know now for when I see Spurs supporters uh, who are a little bit older and they say to me, Yo, my mum hated you. And the times, I must be honest, yes. during the times, I mean, the, many t- the times I would have an autograph sheet signed by the players and everything or something that I would send off yeah. to thank that oh, supporter right. and his mother. Oh, nice. I mean, you know, or yeah. whatever. You yeah, know, just Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was aware of that. Absolutely. Uh, there was boys, one boy, apparently, he, he, he listened, he loved it so much, he listened to it and he fell asleep with the phone beside Ooh. his ear. And yeah. his mother came in, oh, my God, you know. So, I was, <laughs> I was, obviously, I did feel for that. But uh, then the following season, John Motson, uh, nice. who, who, I, who had become a friend mm. in terms of coming to games and commentating, uh, he told me that it was now about, oh, I don't know, it was about sort of 87, 88 time, and he, and he had, uh, I think it was the time when ITV uh, took the match of the day off of, uh, off of BBC, and so he was left with nothing much to do during a period when the BBC were without games. And so he took on Spurs line uh, with me. Right. And so he used to go to the training ground and do a tape. Yeah, because they used to be interviewed with, with the players. And then he used to give me the tape. Right. And then, you know, now for me, <laughs> I wasn't, and I'm talking away here, but I wasn't really the, the guy who could do the interviews on the radio. I, I used to. There was lots of ums and us. Ums and us. In fact, Ray Clements uh, quoted was once the saying to me, Mike Rollo is the only guy I know that the questions are longer yeah. than the answers. And I think he was right. And, yeah. uh, and so I was pleased when Motti came along. And, and so, uh, yeah, it worked well because I was able to front it and, mm. and, and end it. And there was uh, John, you know, doing his bit. Very quickly, I mean, you'll have to come back on because we're not going to get to the Alan Sugar years. And boy, there was many, many questions. Very quickly, another story that many people remember is obviously the 87 Cup final, where the, uh, the shirts, we've already mentioned Holston, there was, was Hummel-Holston debacle, and heads rolled. I think Peter Day lost his job over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course, this first programme then is going to be all about the, uh, the, the, the mini heart attacks I would have over Holston. <laughs> I mean, it was funny, actually, that what happened to me in December 83, he sort of came back again mm. in a big moment, you know, and what happened was that uh, Hummel were by this time the uh, kit uh, sponsors yeah. and it was, it was our own. Mm. Uh, we had the UK merchandise uh, level for that and uh, it worked well. I mean, uh, I've got some of, I think some of those, uh, that leisure wear you used to mm. wear with Hummel on it. Mm. Uh, but what happened, just to tell you, is that just prior to the, um, to the 87 Cup final, it would be, we were the first club to do it, that we launched our new shirt for the following season by wearing it at the cup final. It was, mm. it was Irving's idea, yeah. I have to say, on the merchandise side to get, get a good advert you know, out mm. there to, to, to sell it. But then at the very last moment, he decided to... There was a programme called Superstars on the, on the TV. Ron Pickering and Alan Vine. Yeah, Vine. 
Vine. Yeah. David Vine. David Vine. And, David and Vine. they had these uh, special sort of squarish square numbers, didn't <laughs> yeah. they, on the back? A bit That's like right. you have in the mm, NFL yeah. now. Brian right? Jackson, the squat thrusts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to me. Yeah, yeah, so he Joe decided... Joe come off his bike. <laughs> so he decided to change the... Changed the numbers. Right. So they were delivered in the week before the game into Peter Day's office. Now, because Holster was an alcohol brand, it had been decided mutually with Holster, and they were quite happy about this. It was particularly after all those problems of Heisel and so on and yeah. so forth, the stadium disasters and things like that, that uh, for the under-18 kits, the young kits, we would keep the, uh, the name Holston off the kit. And so when those, so what happened, the, the, the people who produced the kit, Hummel, they produced kits for the youth team right. and for the, and for the uh, first team. But, of course, that youth team T-shirts didn't have Holston on them. So dear old Johnny, Johnny Wallace, there he was at the Wembley uh, dressing room. Your mate. Picking oh. out, and, of course, he was looking at Mitchell Thomas, short sleeve shirt. Okay, short sleeve shirt, number two. Yeah, okay, that's the one. And he wasn't really looking at the fronts. Yeah. He was just like picking out. And it could have been it could have been all the shirts could have ended yeah. up by, you know. Wow, and then then, then what happens <laughs> moments before the kickoff, Ted Croker, the FA uh, secretary, was knocking on the door. Glenn Hoddle and Ray Clements had said to David Pleat, Don't get the players for the kits on. It's so hot in here. Mm. Leave it till the very last minute till Ted Croker is actually going crazy to come out, because they obviously had to come out and mm. go for the national anthems. So the last minute they put the shirt on, on goes the uh, tracksuit, because mm. they wanted to sell that as well, and they go out and everyone's oblivious what's yeah. under there. <laughs> <laughs> National anthems get played, uh, you know, abide with me before yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. It was a wonderful moment. I'm sat in the stand opposite the Royal Box. No <laughs> idea that anything's going to happen. Sat next to the Holston manager. No director, idea. I have to say. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Of course, all of a sudden they start unzipping. And, of course, even the players mm. of that time have come on and told yeah. stories. I mean, Clive Allen has apparently, uh, he said to me that, but he, he looked at uh, Glenn Hoddle and said, you haven't got Holston on your shirt. And, of course, by that time, it was all ready for the game. Yeah, yeah. And they, they just forgot about it. So they had to get on with the game. They, they scored early on, didn't they? Mm. Yes, too and early. Course, uh, that was the, where it came from. So too by early. this time, I was, I was having kittens. And I tried to walk round. And anyone who remembers the old Wembley, it was really hard. Uh, yeah. You know, really hard. I didn't have my match day suit on or anything like that. I had this suit on, which we'd all been given by the club to wear with a, with a white carnation, <laughs> uh, uh, David Pleat's idea. And I tried, and this, this policeman uh, said to me, listen, son, he said, if you've noticed, there's 100,000 out there and your colleagues have noticed. Because I tried to explain to him, I must get round to the dressing room. I had no cards on me. Yeah. So I had to go back at half-time saying, well, I hope we have of course, second half. And you know what? I, had, I always remember the feeling I had during that uh, second half period and, indeed, when it eventually ended up with a Covent, Covent, uh, Coventry City win, that I didn't want Richard Goff to go up and get the cut, although yeah, I was yeah, massive yeah, yeah. because he was the one not wearing holster <laughs> on his shirt. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, sadly, wow, after the yeah. game, uh, the following week, there was a, you know, we went to Holston, uh, Irving Scholar, David Pleat, myself and uh, uh, Peter Day. Um, 
we, we managed to sort out some compensation with them. And it was a little bit like... They got close to pub yourself. Absolutely. Well, I actually said... I and mean, we all really? Looked, they, everyone, was, everyone was talking about well, it. Well, they all looked at me as if I was crazy. I yeah. said, why did we just say this was a publicity stunt? Mm. Why did... But, of course, you know, obviously... Paddy Power would have done definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> moved on. So, anyway, right. so as we leave, he says, uh, OK, we'll come back for lunch on Thursday and we'll, we'll yeah. put out a joint statement. Uh, how many are you coming back, uh, Irvin? He said, there'll be three of us. Mm. That was the four of us there. So as we were walking back to the cars, Peter, Day and I, and I'm looking, God, it's not going to be David, so it's you or I. What's going on, you know? But sadly, it was Peter that carried it. Well, mm. I say that, I mean, poor old Johnny was demoted to, mm. to, to doing the reserve team, yeah. and, and Roy Raylan stepped up right. to, to do, yeah. do the, do the uh, kit man. It was one of those things, I think that, it would never happen now, I'd have to think. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, but it was the early days of commercialism in football. And, uh, but it's, it's a story to tell. Absolutely. Look, we've we, 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 we really got to wrap this particular shot. You'll have to come back on, Mike, because <laughs> I want to talk to you in depth about the sugar years, particularly. <laughs> Uh, so uh, just very very quickly uh, we're going to record another show straight after this about Adam Gilzean um, the outro music tonight great new track by Mitchie uh, open letter to Spurs it's, it's going viral as they say on YouTube uh, you can check that out uh, we're going to play that um, in the show um, for now Mike and Mike and Martin thank you very much we'll be back very soon all about Gilly until then come on you Spurs Okay, but we lost two games, got battered on both. I thought we would beat by Munich or at least get a draw because we were playing at home. I was sitting down in the barbers when I was seeing Nabri slapping in goals. After I didn't want to leave, Carl seen hella smoke from the guys on my phone. Arsenal and Man U fans both on a bus joke, so I'm bannering both. Don't even know the last time we won a trophy, I think I was like 12 years old. Last year we was in the final, now we've gone back to being kept on our toes. Can't even beat a little team like Brighton, the Reese's arm got broke. I don't even like sticking on to my team, but the manager needs to get a sack in. I'm walking around in the ends and I'm getting weird looks when I'm wearing this jacket. We'll take more care of you. Come and see Crooks and Archibald in their first Central London appearance together since hanging up their Spurs boots 35 years ago. Spurs show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry, with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net. No one does Christmas like the Spurs show, except perhaps Bing Crosby and Jesus. Get your tickets at live.spurshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs shows at season.spurshow.net. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.